This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. What is going on? Not a lot. We, uh, we're we here at the end of our series on 50-point games. Aww. We did it. We hardly, we hardly knew you. Yeah. Poor series. No, it was a good series. It was a fun series. No, yeah, it's yeah. over. It's all done. It's all yeah. over. This is the last, uh, last Over and Back Podcast for sure, right? Well, on the subject, yes. You know. oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when you said we were done, I thought you oh, meant. Right. I see what you. I, I, I you get, get what you now. meant. Now. Okay, sense. good. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. all right. Well, that would have been <laughs> not a nice way to tell you. I, 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 I thought it was a little crude, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all right. So that's, that's good. All right. Whew. Yeah. Well, that's a relief because I was like, I like doing this show and I like yeah. talking to you. But that's oh, good. good. Oh, okay, oh, so we will be back. This is just the end of this series, not the series, the Overback Podcast series. The end of this particular fifty-point game series. Okay, I feel a lot better now. Yeah. Yeah. So we have been going through different eras and looking at the number. 50 point games diving into some of the key players the interesting facts you know if you've been listening to it you know what we've been doing and if you haven't been listening to it then you should go back and listen to the previous episodes because um it'll make more sense than if you get into this one although if you want to start here you know who am i to say i you know, it's pretty simple we're just talking about 50 point games as they happen and uh the key players so really you don't take my advice just listen to however whatever order you want to we don't really right care. but listen so. to them all because yeah. that would be very nice. And then give us a review on uh, on, on iTunes, yeah. Apple Podcasts, wherever, and, and yeah. let people know that you listen to us. And only good reviews, too, because yeah, yeah, fragile, it, fragile eagles cannot handle right. negative reviews. Yeah. So. At least download them. If you don't listen to them, I mean, I don't – I would like you to listen to them, but if you don't have time, just download them. And, and the rating, that's really what we care about, the numbers. Yeah, exactly. You know? right. So – we're soulless. I, We're soulless. We are entities that just you know just want gratification. So that's all we need. We do. We we like our gratification. And who doesn't? You know, everyone likes gratification. So anyway, um, speaking of gratification, the year two thousand. Um, that is where we go uh, because the year nineteen ninety nine did not have any fifty point games. It was the first season uh, since. Uh, 
1957 without a 50-point game. In fact, the highest point total that year was 46. Three players oh, did it. Well, you know, that year, that confirming that 1999 is the lamest year in NBA history. Is that a hot take? I hate that year. That it's, year's just weird. I don't like it. Yeah, our, our friend Todd Spear will defend the 1999 season um, just with you know, pointing out that some really interesting stuff did happen in that year. That's the Jason Williams year. You know, there's some interesting teams that year. Um, you know, the Blades were interesting. The Suns were interesting. So, I, I but there definitely was a lot of you know compressed basketball in in a short amount of time. Some out of shape stuff. You know, I I kind of see both sides of it, but it definitely, you know, it, it's definitely an odd year in history. Obviously, being the lockout year. Um, for those who don't know that immediately, but the the, the players who had forty six were Grant Hill, Allen Iverson, and Antonio McDice. Uh, and again, the first season. See, that's the lamest year ever. If Antonio McDice is like one of your leading scorers, yeah. Well, he was. You know, yeah, but it, no, no, Antonio McDice is yeah. great at that time. Yeah. No, and and Jason right. Williams. I should, I should, I will now take back my 1999 being the lamest year because it was the year that Jason Williams emerged as, uh, yeah, as as everything that he was, and and that's when he was like in peak. Like, I don't care if I'm going to have like 15 turnovers a game. Right. I'm going to do this behind the back pass, and I appreciate yeah. that. So I I, I take it yeah. back. There's probably a lamer year. Let's just throw out. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think we'll, of a lamer year. We'll, we'll figure it out. You know. 1965. All right, there you go. Right, I don't. 1965 go. was not lame at all. I don't know. I'm just throwing. No. I just want to deflect off of 1999. So. All right. Fair enough. Um, so yes, uh, the uh, first time since 1957 that there had been a not a season without a 50 point game, and in fact, in 1999 there were 725 games total without a 50 point. I believe regular season games, uh, not counting the playoffs, and. Um, from 40, 54 to 57, combined had 864 games without a 50-point um, uh, game. So, uh, obviously, similar amount of games there, um, lar- a larger span in those four seasons, but um, but just kind of gives you some context as to how long it really was. And the gap was actually, um, you know, it wasn't until January 16th, 2000, that there was a 50-point game. So, we went from April seventh, ninety eight, to um, you know, to January two thousand. So that's you know, like twenty one months there that um, that we didn't have one. So quite a long time. And the uh, the man who broke the streaks, our, our old friend uh, Uncle Cliffy. Yes, <laughs> over and back uh, podcast uh, aficionado. Yeah, uh, one of our yeah guy who definitely listens to every single episode. Really enjoys it a lot. Cliff Robinson yeah. Yeah, is our first one, and uh, he sets the record for the oldest score fifty uh, for the first time. A uh, record that would last until two thousand ten, and we discussed uh, that uh, two thousand ten break. Uh, Andre Miller, who, who breaks that record, we talked about him in our most unlikely uh, fifty point games in this very series. So again, a reason why to yeah. go back and listen to the rest of the series. Right. But uh, yeah, Uncle Cliffy does it. Gets right fifty on the dot, and uh, pretty fun to, uh, to for him to get it at this point in, in you know kind of his advanced age and he's a son at this point too we should say as well i know it's kind of tough because cliff robinson he, he went to a lot of places but uh he was a son at this time yeah that's right he was a, he was a son and um he was 33 at this point just had just turned 33 um yes and and as i alluded to before 21 months and nine days is the longest gap since the three season drought in the 1950s so um and then also in that year, in, in the year 2000, there were five uh, games total uh, that year of 50 points. Uh, Vince Carter had the very first in uh, Raptors history. Um, so, of course, the Raptors notable in as we've recorded this. They've just recently won the NBA championship. So uh, breaking some ground there back back when the Raptors were non-champions. Uh, and, and Vince Carter <laughs> right, was yeah. the, the thing they had. So, so yes. Yeah, unfortunately, there was a long time where Vince Carter scoring 50 points was probably the most 
you know, profound thing that that franchise ever had uh, that is now gone now forever because, uh, yeah, obviously a title is, is way more important than that. So yes. uh, good for them. And, and I think we, we willed them into the championship more than anything because we did that podcast about their – we were saying, hey, they're in the finals. Let's talk about it. And then they win. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's a total accident. So. Yeah, no, it definitely we deserve the majority of the credit, if, if not all the credit for that. I, mean, really, I think, really yeah. Is, yeah, at least the ring between us. We'll share the ring. We'll find a way to do a, a, a joint relationship with this thing. But just yeah. one ring between us would right. be nice. We, yeah, we can do it. We're not like, um, I, I don't know, Frodo. Who's the, who's the, uh, <laughs> if it's a Lord of the Ring likes... reference, I don't know. I've never seen any of the movies already. Okay. Book, so, all right. Fair enough. Uh, yes, Frodo. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yes. Yeah. No, there, yeah. There's somebody who like really wants the ring and he can't like, um, it's not Gandalf. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, not, not a big Lord of the Rings guy either. So somebody's yelling at their podcast. Right yes. Now. Somebody is very upset yeah. and I'm sorry. So, so. I, I'm sorry that I upset you, but I don't know. Um, Allen Iverson had also had a 50-point game this season. It was his first since 1997, so um, he's only 24 years old at that point. So, um, Also, um, Carl Malone uh, had the 30th in playoff history. Uh, it was the, the last of his career. He also um, set the uh, a record for the oldest player ever to do so at uh, 30, 36 years, 273 days. This was broken two years later by Michael Jordan, although Carl Malone still holds the playoff mark. This was also the most recent uh, 50-point game for the Jazz. They've not had one since the year 2000 in their franchise. And he also joins the club of players to do so five or more times in their careers. Yeah, good good for Carl there. And obviously, you know, one of the NBA's, you know, best scorers of all time. You know, it's second on the all-time list there. But, uh, yeah, pretty interesting to see uh, him do it. His last 50-point game here, of course, in the 2000s. But he's, he's still, you know, as even though he's older, I mean, arguably – some of his more productive years come in these last, you know, few handful of years of of his dominance or in the last few years of his his jazz run, uh, particularly ninety nine and two thousand, which are kind of lost years in jazz history because you know they don't go to the finals those years, so people maybe don't look at them nearly as much as they should. But but Carl yeah. Malone was a rare. I mean, he was a force these few years here, but obviously success on the court wasn't as big as it was the few years prior. So these years kind of get a little bit lost in, in in jazz history. Yes, yeah, he was a weirdo too, so people don't like to talk about him that much. But but absolutely, he. Um you know, was uh, was pretty incredible as a player, uh, and, uh, and and some good times. Uh, the highlight of the of this season, though, going back to March sixth of two thousand, is uh, Shaquille O'Neal had uh, sixty one points and twenty three rebounds against the L.A. Clippers, playing for the Lakers. Uh, this was actually the last of three total fifty plus games of his career, which may, may be a little bit surprised to many of us, since you know, of course, he has the reputation of being the most dominant ever. Uh, it was the first 50-20 game in the NBA since 1982, which was done by Moses Malone. The first 60-20 game in the NBA since 1969, which was by Will Chamberlain. Only George Mikan and Elgin Baylor have done it otherwise. This was also Shaquille O'Neal's 28th birthday, um, which is uh, fun times. Um, and yeah, we got some interesting facts about really looking more about the idea of about, you know, as we said, Shaq has called himself and others have called him the most dominant ever. But really, how dominant was Shaq really? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting question. And, and you know, we looked at some numbers here and, and, and some kind of pros and cons for him. Like, you know, off the top before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of it and, and, and you know, kind of some of the stats. Shaq is an, an interesting case because there was a time where and a few years in the NBA and I remember, you know, 
we, we kind of all lived through as most people listening to this probably lived through it or, or, or watched it in real time where Shaq was like unguardable, like an unbelievable force down low, a, a guy who in the playoffs seemed to step up his game even more and just like nobody had an answer for him. Nobody could guard him. Nobody could do anything. But, you know, for him to say and, and for the kind of the reputation to be the most dominant ever is kind of tricky. I mean, given what we've talked about in this podcast with 50 point games and what we've talked about in, on, you know, the history of this entire podcast, talking of other great players of other great times. Does Shaq stand out as more dominant than a Will Chamberlain? Does he stand out as more dominant than someone like a Bill Russell? Does he stand out more dominant than than Michael Jordan's or any of those sort of guys? Or even, you know, to these days, a LeBron James? I, I don't know. It, it's kind of an interesting take. On, and and there was a few years where it felt like he was unguardable, but there there's not many of those years. You know what I mean? Like, to me, honestly, I think of like 1999 to like 2002 of Shaq just being like this just unstoppable force. But then you look at it and, and yeah, maybe the points don't show that all the way. Maybe some of the numbers don't kind of show show that all the way so it's 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 really interesting and it's a, it's an odd case there but uh, yeah it's kind of it's kind of gained a reputation of its own as, of him being you know this like uber amazing dominant player and and i don't know if that's that's quite reflected in the facts or the stats all that much either yeah well if you look at the pros uh for his case um he did lead the league in field goal percentage 10 times which is kind of an interesting uh thing i would not have necessarily thought about i mean obviously he gets close to the basket he had a lot of dunks uh you know was was good around the basket and, and and again you know demonstration of his just being physically imposing once he gets down there he just plows through guys and um you know beats them in scores uh was first in pr in the league five times top three in the league 11 times so it, you know i i that i think that's something in his favor top three in points per game eight times was only first was first only twice only twice i'm saying but that that's, that's again impressive Top three in rebounding five times. Never first actually in the league in rebounding. Um, if you look at you know, kind of you know basically that peak period of his of two thousand to two thousand and three in the playoffs, as you mentioned, tended to step up his game, especially in the playoffs. Had some really dominant finals um, performances. Of course, you know he's battling against guys like Todd McCullough, so maybe a little asterisk there. Um, but he had um, thirty six point nine points per one hundred. And 18.2 rebounds per 100 uh, during that time, during those uh, four seasons. And only the only other players who have had uh, similar rates uh, in uh, in a postseason um, were Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, George McGinnis, Tim Duncan, and Akeem Olajuwon. Um, so, um, so obviously that's a, that's a small group there. This is in '74 because that's when that was kept track of. So we're not, you know, not counting Russell, who probably wouldn't have gotten there with the points. Uh, not counting, um, not counting Wood, of course, uh, or Mike, in for that matter. Um, now Shaq did have six postseasons with 35 um, plus points per 100 possessions and 15 plus rebounds per 100 possessions which is significantly more than any other player. The only other player with, with uh, anywhere close to multiple ones in 74 was Carl Malone, who had three. So, uh, you know, that, that says something right there. I don't know exactly what it says. And again, we're measuring only over a certain amount of time, but I, I think that's it's something right there. And, and you know, we have, again, I, I think dominant depends on your point of view, because if you look at certain highlights and him, like plowing through, you know, big, strong guys like David Robinson and, and Akeem and, you know, even like, uh, you know, um, you know, even like lesser known players. I mean, he, you know, just his ability to just not guys around and just, you know, be completely strong and dominant. If that's what you mean, then yeah. Okay. There's an argument for it. If you're talking about like, you know, plowing through the stats or just being the, you know, the dominant stat leader, dominant scorer, dominant rebounder, um, 
you know, during his time, then eh, I don't think it's quite as strong. I mean, he was obviously excellent, one of the great big men of all time. But um, in terms of, you know, most dominant ever, I think they're probably the guys who have a better case. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and some of the cons when we look at, at, at Shaq, particularly on like the statistical realm and, and the, why he maybe wasn't so dominant in terms of scoring and why he didn't have more 50 point games and all that sort of stuff. I mean, one thing that you obviously have to look at is the free throws, which was, you know, his his real Achilles heel below 50 percent free throw shooting uh, seven of his 19 NBA seasons uh, and below 60 percent in all but one season. I believe the one he was above was like right on the dot of 60. So not a good free throw shooter. You know that if you've ever watched Shaq play basketball, you're well aware of that, that uh, the man could get fouled a lot. The man could score around the basket, but just free throws just never quite worked. Uh, also, relatively low minute per game. You know, even in his prime, Shaq was a guy who, for whatever reason, didn't play super super heavy minutes to the level that a lot of other. I mean, still, yeah, very very high minutes, but not nearly as much as as kind of your dominant all time players. And actually, you know, I, I kind of wanted to run the numbers too. Uh, he's one of only fifteen Hall of Famers to average twenty or more points in their career, but have under thirty five minutes game uh, uh, minutes played per game in their career. So a lot of that, I mean, probably gets weighed down by you know some of those final years there the Celtics year and then the some of the Phoenix years or whatnot too but but he's not a guy who really like languished uh, you know, it, it's not like he had five years where he was just doing nothing in the league I mean this is a guy who maybe a year or two uh where, where things started to kind of fall and then he was kind of done already so and and a lot of players run through that too so I still think it's pretty interesting though that he is one of only 15 uh to, to kind of hit that threshold and obviously Another part, too, that probably leads to Shaq maybe not having these kind of gaudy scoring numbers. And, and he's not the first big man ever to do this. But, you know, the lack of an outside game it w- w- was, you know, not anything that nobody nobody in their right mind would say, hey, Shaq, you know, you're good around the basket, bud. But why don't you go from 18 feet or, hey, try a three pointer like nobody in the world was going to tell Shaquille O'Neal at that time to do that. So he obviously didn't do that. Uh, but still not a single three made in his career. Uh, we have data going back to 2001 on, on basketball reference. So that was pretty interesting. And Shaq averaged less than 1% of his field goal attempts from 10 to 16 feet so he's not a guy that was ever going to really stretch it out from there uh 53.6 percent of his shots were from the zero and three feet so right at the basket uh and 39.7 percent from three to ten feet so uh the offensive game was was very much kind of rim oriented at the rim and and that's not to say he was just a guy that would plow through people and dunk like he had really good you know hooks he had really good sort of finesse around the basket too but he wasn't a guy that could score from a bunch of different places on the court he could score from basically one place on the court but he was as dominant as as almost anybody at scoring at that part of the court but it does kind of cause an issue is that if you can sort of work Shaq away from the basket or if there's some reason that that Shaq's a little off like he wasn't going to be able to score in a bunch of different ways he had a few different ways to score and if those weren't working you know he wasn't you know maybe you weren't going to get an explosion from Shaq that day uh, as well and then we also have to mention too the physical fitness was a big issue for Shaq you know he obviously comes in the league in Orlando and he's slim and he's trim and he's bouncing all over the place and he's a, he's a maniac and he's everywhere but people forget that and, and if you go back and look at some articles when he first came to the Lakers I mean there were some questions about like what what's wrong with this guy why is he so out of shape he was injured a lot and 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 he had plumped up a lot he had become pretty big he got himself back into shape and that's really what led to that 2000 to 2003 dominance the, the period that you talked about there uh, the court you know, right after that, he, he kind of got big again. And that's, you know, Shaq is always going to be somebody. You see what he looks like now. You see what his body frame is like. He's always a guy that's going to battle, you know, physical limits and and and, and his ability to kind of stay in shape. And I think that probably played a part in maybe him not having, you know, high minutes per game and, and not having the ability to have these giant, you know, scoring explosions. So uh, there's that. And then I think another aspect about it, too, is he, he kind of often played with high usage players uh, as well. Also elite scorers, guys like a Penny Hardaway who needed the ball and was, you know, an elite scorer at his time. Uh, Kobe Bryant, of of course, the emergence of Kobe Bryant in L.A. 
led to a lot of the Lakers' success, but it also led to Shaq maybe not having as dominant performances as, as he probably could have. Uh, and then, you know, his, his last little big run was with Dwayne Wade, who, you know, when he came to Miami, you know, Shaq was the man, but little by little, Wade started emerging as, uh, you know, a, a score and leading them to a championship and all that sort of stuff. So again, another guy who needed the ball in his hands and needed uh, to kind of score to, 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 you know, be effective on, on the court. So there's a lot of different reasons why maybe Shaq isn't as dominant, but I think it is still pretty interesting to look at it and say, man, for, for being as dominant as we all know that Shaq was for him not to have that many scoring out, you know, outbursts and, and not to have that many 50 point games. It's still, it's just a little unique because we've talked about the other big men in history and those guys are, have tons of them. I mean, Will Chamberlain, I mean, we had a whole episode about Will Chamberlain's 50 point games and then here's Shaq who, you know, was so dominant, was unguardable, but then, you know, he's only got a handful of them. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, and, and the legend has it that um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was the assistant coach for the uh, Clippers, legend that Shaq had extra motivation to uh, to shove it in Kareem's face uh, for this game in particular. Um, yeah, and obviously it's incredibly dominant performance, but um, yeah, yeah I, I think there's really good. Uh, I think it's a really nice look at kind of the, the pros and cons there of um, of Shaq. Um, Moving on to 2001, uh, there were 12 um, 50-point games that season, which uh, was the most since 1990. Uh, eight different players uh, broke the mark, which is tied for the first since tied for the most since 1972 when there were 11 players. Um, and there were also three uh, 50s in the playoffs, which is the first time that it happened since 1970. So definitely a, a breakthrough year for the 50-point um, the games. Um, yeah, some fun names in there too. Yeah, a lot of the guys who were new to the club this year um, – We'll start off with uh, Anton Jameson, who had uh, two uh, in back-to-back games, uh, the first being on December 3rd, uh, 2000, uh, 51 points, 14 rebounds, and then he followed it up in a game against the Lakers uh, with, again, 51 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, and that also happened to be the same game in which Kobe Bryant, at age uh, 22, got the first 50-point game of his career. Yeah, good stuff there. So uh, I remember, I remember the back to back Jameson. I don't know why, but I was <laughs> vividly in my head for whatever reason. I remember the Anton Jameson back to backs. I, I I don't know why either. I guess I, uh, I was a big uh, 2001 Warriors fan, which is, yeah, is an unfortunate thing to be. But no. hey. <laughs> hey, yeah, made up for it later. Um, and then uh, then of course the legendary uh, 2004 2005 uh, Hawk uh, Tony Delk. Um, who had 53 points and uh, six rebounds for the uh, Suns. We talked about uh, that in our Unlikely Player uh, series. Definitely one of the um, premier uh, guys that you kind of forget about who are in that club um, that we covered earlier on. Um, And then next, uh, January 5th, uh, 2001, Chris Webber with 51 points, 26 rebounds, uh, and also five (laughs) assists, three steals. Uh, which is the most rebounds in any game um, since 1975. The first 50-point game in Sacramento Kings history. Of course, it had happened in other instances with the franchise. Um, I don't think it ever happened with Kansas City Kings, though, now that I think about it. I think uh, uh, we'd have to go back on that, but I don't believe that it happened, of course, with the uh, Cincinnati Royals with uh, Oscar Robertson, but I'm not sure that it ever happened with the Kansas City Kings um, offhand. I don't think Archibald did it. So uh, uh, sure Looks like Pete Maravich maybe got one. Well, not for the Kings, though. Oh, uh, sorry. No, that was the opponent. Sorry. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell? I was yeah. like, what the hell did P. Maravich play? Okay, yeah. no, they only had one against them. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. Quick search there. Yeah, there, against, there you so, go. Yeah. yeah. So Pete Maravich scored a 50 against them, but no, they did not have one on their own. So Yes, there you go. Uh, also, uh, 
very low true shooting percentage here. Uh, 51.37%. He was 24 of 47 uh, from the <laughs> field in this game. Uh, 47 <laughs> shots uh, for Chris Weber, who's, you know, more, I mean, certainly a scorer, but also you know, guy, guy known for a lot of passing. And they were a team that, you know, wasn't necessarily ISO heavy. So uh, interesting there. And it was against the uh, Pacers, and they lost this game, as a matter of fact. Um, it was an overtime game. Uh, Weber played 50 minutes in this uh, game. So, uh so yeah, that, that's a uh, that's certainly an interesting one there. Yeah, I'm trying to look at like I'm looking at the box score right now to try to figure out what the hell happened. Like, I mean, Peja played. I, he played 44 minutes. He didn't do much, and you know, Jason Williams was playing, and Doug Christie was playing. Yeah. Like everybody played. Like I don't think anybody missed time, but for some reason they're like, you know what, Chris, you want to shoot 50 times this game? And he's like, yeah, sure, and they went with it because there's just no reason. Yeah, like Hito Turgaloo's playing. Like all everybody's playing, but they're not shooting and. Chris is so okay. Whatever. Yes. Uh, Allen Iverson had a couple in uh, January 2001, 54 point uh, game effort, followed uh, just two weeks later by a 51 point game effort. Uh, interestingly enough, Iverson has three of the five lowest recorded game scores in a 50 plus point game. In uh, of course, it's not recorded for every 50 plus point game, but um, they are uh, for these two games. Um, they are. Uh, 30.1 and uh, 41.3. The one that he had in uh, in 2000 was also 30.1. I believe the one the one in 97 is also uh, rather low too. So those are still good game scores. It's not like those are. Uh, I was 29.1 was the one in 97. So you know those are still very very good. But just interestingly enough, for whatever reason, probably the volume shooting or lack of other things in the box score, um, uh, his are relatively low on the scale. Uh, again, a, a scale. It's pretty hard to have a 50-point game and not have a great game score. Sure, exactly. Yeah, and that second one, too, he, he shoots 20 of 40 from the field, too. So similar to Chris yes. Weber, it's like, right. you know, yeah. and that's kind of the Allen Iverson thing. And that's you're, you're okay with that because that's kind of right. Allen Iverson. Like, he's going yeah. to shoot 40 times, and if he makes more than 20 of them, good. Like, that's a good thing. Yeah. And that's kind of, you lived and died by Allen Iverson. The, the Sixers literally this year lived and died by Allen Iverson all the way to the NBA Finals. So Yes. Uh, Stefan Mar- Marbury in uh, February of 2001, uh, he had um, 50 points and 12 assists. He is one of, of three instances between 1976 and 2008 where there are 10-plus assists in a 50-plus point game. So a rare occurrence uh, during this time, and then it would start to become more common. Uh, and, of course, now you know with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, it's uh, you know almost expected in, in certain instances. Yeah, this time, though, a little tougher, a little tougher. It, it is true. So uh, Jerry Stackhouse, another new guy to the club, uh, 57 points, uh, four rebounds, five assists, playing for the Pistons against the Bulls. Um, this was in April of, uh, of 2001. And then we have our three instances in the playoffs. Uh, Allen Iverson, uh, for the fifth time in his career, the uh, the third time this season, uh, does so, and... Um, this was against Toronto, and uh, in the same series, uh, Vince Carter does so two days later against uh, Philly, uh, 50 points, uh, six rebounds, seven assists, and uh, four blocks on 80 true, 82 true shooting percentage, um, 19 of 29 from the field, and uh, and then Iverson comes back and does it again, um, also against in the same series, just on the, uh, uh, on the 16th of May, uh, he has... Um, 52 uh, with uh, seven assists and four steals. And, uh, and, and yeah, so a remarkable little duel between the two. Of course, famously, Philly wins that uh, a series on the missed shot by, uh, by, by Vince Carter, but definitely is some classic uh, basketball going on there. Great series, yeah. All-time great. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I wanted to get, get just briefly into Anton Jameson again because he is one of the, the – we mentioned it last time. I think we talked about Tom Chambers. Uh, he's one of the few players who has scored 20,000 points in their career, uh, like Chambers. Um, also, I believe Joe Johnson is is in that club. Yes, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Jamal Crawford is likely to be there pretty soon. But I think those are four guys who are not likely to make the Hall of Fame, but have reached that point. But, you know, it's kind of exciting. They really, he and Chambers in particular, really have similar production and probably a slight edge, honestly, to Jameson. Um, and I think of Chambers more as a borderline Hall of Famer, Famer and I think of Jameson really as not one who would really be a serious candidate. Part of that is because Chambers has two All-NBA nods in his career, two second teams. Jameson did not have any um, relatively similar you know, all-star appearances, all, all that good stuff. So um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that in particular, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. No, it definitely is. And, and, and Jameson's a, an odd character because, yeah, I remember I actually just today was doing a search on 20,000 point game score or 20,000 scores and and Jameson came up and I'm like oh what's Anton Jameson is it the 20 and I know that we had talked about it before and I remember it. I'm like oh yeah that's interesting and I'm looking at the list and you know I went back and I said okay who aren't Hall of Famers and then you, you do the sort by Hall of Famers on basketball reference and and there's a bunch of other guys but like everybody else is still about to be in the Hall of Fame or or you know still actively playing but probably Hall of Fame bound and then yeah you have guys like a Jameson and Chambers who really stand out as, as guys that uh you know aren't in the Hall of Fame and Jameson in particular is a guy that's just like as you said you're kind of like I don't I don't know man like never really led the league in much was kind of you know he's around for for many many years and obviously a a a great scorer uh through all that time but yeah i don't know maybe we do have to think about his the hall of fame candidacy a little bit more but also at the same time i I just he doesn't feel like a hall of famer you you know you just kind of have this feeling for it too and he's not a guy who who you know having watched most of his career you know in in in, you know as it happened wasn't a guy that jumped out of me of saying hey i'm watching a hall of famer play right now so it's uh he's an interesting case for sure it's definitely a little little odd Yes, and uh, as we mentioned, Jameson now joins the club of players with 50 in back-to-back games. The, the full list that we found is uh, Will Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Rick Barry, John Brisker, Bernard King, Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, Anton Jameson, Kobe Bryant, James Harden, and uh, Devin Booker. In uh, so as as of 2019, that is the that is the list. So 2002, um, we um, we. Have six up uh, games of fifty plus. Uh, new to the club are uh, Sharif Abdul Rahim and uh, Tim Duncan. Um, uh, Abdul Rahim's was in November of two thousand and one. Uh, fifty points, uh, twelve rebounds, five assists, and it is the the most recent fifty for the Atlanta Hawks. They have not had one since uh, since this time. So you know, almost a couple decades there. Uh, Duncan's is the only 50 plus, uh, of his career, 53 points, 11 rebounds, um, four assists, three blocks came against the Mavericks actually in a loss. Uh, so interesting thing there. Are you surprised that Duncan only had one in his career? Not really. And like, it's similar to the conversation with Shaq where we're talking about, oh, is he really all that dominant if he never had a 50 point game or whatever, which wasn't exactly our argument, but you know, people (laughs) will hear what they want to hear, uh, sometimes, but as far as the Duncan one, um, I just never thought of Duncan as like a vine. I, I think of him as like this all-time great player because he was able to do so many things and he was so important to everything that the Spurs did and and so important to everything going on on the offense and everything going on on defense and whatnot. But I never thought of him as a guy that would just like sit down there on the block and just get his 50 points. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Like I would, if you had told me, I'd be more surprised if you told me he never had a 50-point game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's just, I, I never thought of him as like that sort of big-time volume score. Definitely a guy that's going to get you like 30, but then at that point he's going to try to look for everybody else and, 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 and make sure. So uh, no. 
no, I, I, I'm not super surprised by that. Uh, Duncan only having the one, but I mean, maybe I should be. Maybe, maybe he should have had a few more than that. But no, I'm not. I'm not too. Yeah, no, I'm not hugely surprised. It wouldn't have surprised me if he had, uh, you know, a couple more. But um, by the way, his career high in points is uh, 25.5 in the season, in the 2002 season. So he had above uh, 22 points per game uh, five times in his career. So you know, um, obviously not huge. You know, the, you know, not huge by the you know top ever all-time scoring standards but certainly you know obviously a stout scorer in its own right uh you know at, at his peak you know along with everything else um next we have uh, michael jordan uh his last 50 point game of his career the 39th uh, total uh only one for the washington wizards um uh, 51 points uh seven rebounds four assists and three steals up until uh this just past season he held the record as the oldest 50 point uh scorer but that has uh, since been broken we'll talk about that t- toward the end of the show um and yeah uh, you know um and jordan you know obviously his wizard sense get, gets made fun of a lot but he actually you know, he still was a very good player for the most part during that time um he obviously um you know, was not near what he was at his peak, but still, you know, obviously had some big games in this, uh, you know, being probably the best among them. Absolutely, yeah. We're gonna talk about him a little bit later too, when we talk about kind of old dudes scoring at fifty and and old dudes, you know, out scoring outputs. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's seen as kind of the dark ages of, of of Jordan's career, but he's still pretty damn good, you know, even at this time. And yeah, he only had like two moves, and he wasn't really you know all over the court and doing stuff. But yeah, there's some there's some fun highlights in that too. It's it's sure. it's not you don't have to completely ignore that it occurred it's it's not great and it's kind of weird but uh it occurred and, and and he was still pretty damn good at this time too so um no there there was some there were some highlights there for sure uh with this as you said being definitely the probably the biggest highlight yeah absolutely um so uh Kobe bryant uh has another performance 56 points uh five rebounds four assists uh, alan iverson 58 points which i believe is his career high and then rounding out the 2002 season is uh, Tracy McGrady for the um, Orlando Magic, 50 points, uh, 10 rebounds, uh, the first 50 of his career. Um, so uh, so then we move on to the uh, 2000, and, and actually, you know what, he was, uh, I, haven't missed, I haven't marked it incorrectly here, but this uh, he's actually also new to the club along with Abdur Rahim and uh, Duncan. I accidentally had him listed in 2003, but he actually had his first in uh, 2002. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, Rich, what do you remember about the 2003 season? Um... I remember that Jamal Mashburn had a 50-point game. No, it's not what I remember because I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Now, what do I remember about the 2003 season? I don't know if I remember that much about the 2003 season. I don't know why. uh, I guess there was some some fun stuff in that season, but no, I don't know. Nothing really jumps out of my head, I don't think. Well, we are dubbing it officially the season of Mashburn. Oh, we are? Okay. I'm glad. Oh, thank God. All right. Yeah. Jamal Mashburn has uh, his <laughs> second point game of his career. 2003. Yeah. I, don't remember. I don't remember what team he played for in 2003. Was he a Hornet yeah. at that time? Or? He was a New Orleans Hornet. Uh, technically, it's the fifth, the first 50 in Pelicans history. Oh, history. God damn it. Yes. <laughs> um, I got more people on board, by the way. with the uh, We were talking about something about da- Anthony Davis. Uh, and I got on board. We were talking about, I, I forget what the exact conversation was, but I have a bunch of my friends in on it now. Uh, everybody understands, and they're with me now that this is the stupidest thing ever, the, the franchise history thing. So right. um, our, we're, we're gaining some steam here. We got to do some canvassing, uh, try to get a few more people. But uh, the wave is, it's happening, Jason. It's happening. So All right. Well, well, well I, I appreciate that because, again, it, it 
it's uh, it's just Pelicans legend Jamal Mashburn. Who could forget? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like Pelicans legend Chris Paul. You know, I mean, you know, (laughs) half of Chris Paul, not all the Chris Paul, but some of the Chris Paul. Right, some of the Chris Paul. So yes, this um, this would be the this was the first fifty in Hornets history, but then the Hornets history went to you know went went to the other team, and then so it's the first fifty Pelicans history. So it's not confusing at all. Obviously, it just totally makes intuitive sense, and we're just complaining, you know, needlessly about it. Um, yes, so this was the longest gap between two 50-point games, eight years and three months, um, until Jamal Crawford recently uh, broke that record, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little, a little bit. Jamal's was 10 years, four months. Um, and in terms of the longest uh, between their first and last 50, um, actually, this is not on the list among the top ones, although it's uh, I think it's in the top 10, but the longest uh, are... Uh, Jamal Crawford with 16 seasons between his first and last. Uh, Kobe <laughs> what a also national treasure. 16 what a seasons. national treasure Jamal Crawford is. Oh, Jamal Crawford is wonderful. We love, of course, Jamal Crawford would be uh, a favorite of the show. Uh, probably officially over and back's favorite player. I think we can declare that. Um, LeBron, 15 seasons, of course, still active. Could, could break that. Um, Jordan, so his is a little weird because it was 13 seasons, but actually 17 years because he missed four of those um, seasons with the baseball hiatus and his second retirement. Um, Rick Barry, 12 seasons, Allen Iverson, 11 seasons and Will Chamberlain, 10 seasons. So uh, I found that kind of interesting there. Um, and then uh, the other performances in uh, 2003, uh, Kobe Bryant has two 50 point games. Uh, Allen Houston also has two 50 point games, which are the first two of, uh, of uh, his career, so he's new to the club that year. I believe the only two of his of his uh, career. Uh, Kobe later on in March of 2003 joins the uh, five uh, five time club with 55 uh, points, and um, Allen Iverson uh, has the 34th instance in playoff history in a uh, oh gosh, it is a um, it's a Sixers versus Hornets uh, game, New Orleans Hornets a game back when the Hornets were in the Eastern Conference uh, because this of course is before the. Uh, Hornets move west when the the Bobcats. Uh, I, yes, yeah. Of course, the Bobcats. Yeah, we I mean obviously no Fake team, NBA team in the yeah, NBA, NBA is <laughs> called the Bobcats ever existed. So that must be a, a typo. But um, anyway, it's not confusing at all. No, definitely not. But uh, yeah, what a uh, kind of an eclectic mix of guys here in this 2003. You got you know your your Allen Houston types. You have your uh, you know Jamal Mashburns. You have Trace McGrady, who who definitely when like the real answer for like what do I remember about the 2003 season is probably yeah. Trace McGrady's dominance that year. Right. So it's kind he of was awesome. to see yeah. uh, you know him him there. But I, I I would assume a little bit more for Trace McGrady, but I guess that the pace at the time uh, didn't lead to it uh, nearly as much. But yeah, only one this year uh, or two uh, or, or just one. Yeah, just one this year, uh, which I'm kind of surprised because he was such a dominant score this year. And I think he averaged what thirty plus a game, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he, so, um, yeah, yeah, he averaged uh, thirty two point one points per game, uh, six point five rebounds, five point five um, assists. So, yeah, he's uh, awesome. It's <laughs> just incredible this year. I'm actually yeah. kind of surprised he doesn't have more fifty point games. I mean, when you average yeah. thirty two, like it's weird that he didn't explode for a few more. But uh, yeah, there, there, there's that. But uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, Allen Houston with two this year, which seems like 2003. Allen Houston, like really. But but right. yeah, it's it's just it's a fun little year in in, in, in this capsule of kind of looking at uh, all these different uh, fifty pointers. So yeah, M- McGrady he shot uh, almost thirty nine percent from three on six attempts per game, uh, which w- was very high at that point. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, his uh, let's see, uh, true shooting that year was um, was was oh yeah a five sixty four and uh, thirty point three per. Yeah, that was this was a good season. Um, 
yeah, he definitely uh, he, he definitely was good that year. No, no question about that. Uh, probably deserved the MVP that year, although, you know, Duncan got it, so uh, he, he probably deserved it. Uh, I, I'm i not going to ever you, uh, go against the choice of, of Tim Duncan for MVP because, you know, he was really good. Um, so moving on to 2004. Uh Another newbie to the club, uh, Rashard Lewis, uh, breaking out for the uh, the Seattle Sonics uh, with a 50-point game. Uh, 81 true shooting percentage, too. Quite a uh, dominant performance against the uh, Clippers. Uh, McGrady has another one um, against uh, Denver, 51 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, Iverson has a uh, adds another to the total against, uh, against the Hawks. And then McGrady has the last of his career, um, 62 points, uh, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, and uh, this was in April of, or excuse me, uh, March of 2004. And this was um, also the most recent 50-point uh, game for the Magic. So it's been quite a while for the franchise for that as well. Yeah, that's they tried to get Terrence Ross to try to bring that uh, 50 points <laughs> love to uh, to the the Orlando, but uh, did not work. That is that's kind of bad. 2004, the last 50 for the Magic is because they've had some they've had some good players, uh, a lot of number one overall picks and top draft picks, and yeah, that's kind of uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that they haven't had one since then. That's uh, it's not good. Sorry, Orlando. Yeah, and then uh, last for 2004 season, uh, Jamal Crawford, uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> first of his career with with the Bulls. Um, Against the uh, Raptors, um, uh, 50 points, uh, 7 rebounds, uh, 24 years young. Uh, Jamal Crawford, just uh, just babe in the league. Um, and then, yeah, he's obviously going to be doing some uh, amazing things uh, in the future, which we will get to when we get to, to uh, those seasons. But, yeah, there were five total in uh, 2004, down from eight in, uh, mm-hmm. in 2003. But we're fairly steady in our numbers for the most part uh, over this time. We're going to get a, 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 a pretty big boost uh, coming up soon. Uh, in 2005, we have a bunch of newbies again. Yeah, we got uh, you know some big names here. Dirk Nowitzki uh, finally makes his his appearance here. Amari Stoudemire, uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Damon Stoudemire. We'll just talk about that a little bit because I think it's kind of interesting that you know by two thousand like by two thousand five. Yeah, I don't know if I would assume that Damon Stoudemire would find his way to the fifty point game uh, list, but here he is. And then uh, LeBron James, new to the club here. So yeah, like basically two of the best you know ten players of all time, uh, and then also you know some pretty good guys in terms of Amari Stoudemire, Jermaine O'Neal, and then uh, Damon Stoudemire too. We shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, he smirched the the name of my, of Mighty Mouse, but uh, yeah, what a year for first timers here. Yeah, so Jurek was um, he was the 120th player to cross 50. He had 16 rebounds in that game. It was against Houston. Uh, Iverson had uh, two performances, including his second in December 2004. Uh, was uh, six assists, seven steals. It was the most steals in a 50 since the 1989 season. Uh, and, and, and back-to-back games, in fact, on the December 18th and December 20th, as we mentioned, he's part of that career. It was this the second, second game was the 10th 50-plus point game in his career, and it was the only time he ever followed out in a 50-plus uh, game in his career. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, Amari's uh, was uh, his only 50-plus point game of his career, which is a bit, a bit of a surprise. He had some big uh, scoring uh, outbursts, and also, of course, he played for a team that scored a lot of points. Uh, but they usually spread the ball around. You know, it wasn't really one guy doing that mo- for the most part. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal uh, with the most recent 50 for the uh, Pacers. Uh, as you mentioned, Damon Stoudemire playing at this point for the Trailblazers. Uh, I guess this was still sort of the Jailblazers uh, period, although it was near the end of that. Uh, in a loss against the Hornets, uh, now in the Western Conference of Hornets. Um and then Allen Iverson has his career high uh, near the end of the season, 60 points. Uh, I was wrong about that before with 58. It was actually 60. 
Uh, he also had uh, six assists and uh, five steals in that game. Those against the Magic. And then, as we talked about, uh, LeBron James, 56 points uh, for the Cavaliers against the uh, Raptors. Raptors have given up a lot of uh, 50-point games uh, during that time. Um, this was, uh, as you mentioned, the first of his career. He was, at the, he was at the time, the youngest ever to, to hit that threshold. It beat uh, Spencer Haywood's 1970 record in the ABA and a um, and then Rick Barry, who had the NBA record in 1966. So uh, that is the 2005 season. Absolutely, yeah, really good stuff uh, there. And yeah, just some fun names to, to pop up there. But yeah, David Sotomar, I, I love the idea of, I just would never have thought, I wouldn't have think of him as ever, you know, getting a 50-point game. But I also like, too, that like in this 50-point game, he pretty much did nothing else either. He had one assist and one steal. And that doesn't sound like at all like David Stoudemire. Like, I don't know what got into him. He, like, that seems like he got to the arena and was like, I'm going to try to score 50 today. And everyone's like, all right, whatever, dude. It's 2005 Blazers. We're kind of a disaster anyway. So, yeah, knock yourself out. But, uh, yeah, it's just odd because it's like David Stoudemire. And it, I mean, what, assists and steals and all of those stuff. None of that. Just points for Damon this night. But, hey. Yeah, and he was, like, not too far from being out of the league. Like, uh, yeah, right. Was, that's uh, that, too. Like, it's 2005. Yeah. Like, he's not really right. like, come in in 1995, so he's 10 years into the league now and hadn't really shown any ability to to have giant scoring explosions. So it's it's definitely, yeah, because I think he was done by 08, I want to say. 08 or 09, uh, I want to say, was his last I, year. You're right, 08. Yeah, he, he split with Memphis and the Spurs in, in 08. Um, he didn't play with the Spurs. That's odd. You're, you're, <laughs> I'm looking at it, too. And I don't believe it. I don't remember that. That didn't happen. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, 31 at that point. So interesting, uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, kind of random. Um, so um, going to the 2006 season, uh, and then this is the year that uh, Kobe begins his uh, few seasons of scoring explosions. Uh, he has seven 50-point games in this season. There are 14 total, uh, and there's and there's only one player who's new to the club. It is, uh, it is Paul Pierce. So... Uh, LeBron begins the season on uh, December 10th, 05, with uh, 52.7 rebounds, uh, 7 assists. And then uh, Kobe, um, just 10 days later, 62 points in just three quarters against the Dallas Mavericks, which is quite the incredible feat. The the Mavericks were off to just a blazing start that year. I think ended up having the um, league's best record that year. And, uh, you know, for... For Kobe to uh, and, and and a stout defense as well for Kobe to do that is you know arguably as impressive as his eighty one point performance uh, later on that season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and, and and talking about the explosion, we're gonna talk about him a lot here. Uh, Kobe Bryant, because this is when he kind of starts feeling himself. You know, obviously Shaq has, has moved on, uh, and it's kind of Kobe's team, which is, you know, good for Kobe scoring, bad so much for uh, Lakers' success. But, yeah, we're going to talk a lot about him in these next uh, few uh, years because he's he's really just kind of emerged as, as kind of this elite scorer uh, that a lot of us knew he was capable of. He just kind of needed the ball in his hands a little bit more to do it. But, yeah, like you said, the, the downside is uh, a lot less championships coming to the Lakers at this time. Right, right. Um yeah, uh, we'll have to look at the win loss record. Some of these just to uh, get get a sense of that. Cause that that's that's interesting. Um, so um, Iverson and Vince Carter actually have one on the same date, although a different game. Um, Iverson's uh, was against the the Hawks again. Uh, it was the uh, the most. In fact, is the most recent fifty point game for the Sixers franchise. So two thousand five was the last one. Uh, Carter's was the last 50 of his career. This was for, he, he was now in the Nets uh, at this point. Um, so uh, against Miami. Uh, and then Kobe in uh, January 7th, uh, 2006 against the uh, Clippers. This was in a win. This was 50 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Uh, 
Uh, and then on the 19th of January, 2006, uh, 51 points, nine rebounds, four assists. This was in a loss against the Kings. Um, LeBron James then with uh, 51 points, um, five rebounds, uh, eight assists, and uh, against the Jazz. And uh, then we have the big one. Uh, just one day after LeBron's uh, January 22, 2006, uh, 81 points, uh, six rebounds, three steals against the uh, Raptors. Um, so he, um, in fact, had four games just w- between December 20th and January 22nd, of course, capped by the 81. This is the second highest game score in NBA history. Uh, he was the fifth player to break 70 and only the second to break 80. Of course, the other being Will Chamberlain with 100 points. So, yeah, I mean, all time, uh, just one of the greatest games of all time, and, and just a fun one to go back and watch. And, and we uh, we did that one of our Christmas episodes, right? We uh, we took a show. no, no, <laughs> we, we we did a different Kobe one. We didn't do uh, we did a um, we did the one in Madison Square Garden where he scored. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we had trouble finding a full a full complete game of the eighty one. But you should go back and watch it anyway because it's a fun yeah. game, uh, regardless to uh, check out. But uh, yeah, one of the arguably one of the greatest single game performances of all time in NBA history. So yeah, definitely oh, sure. one to what we've talked about many times on the show. You can't escape it, but yeah, it just, it just sticks out there when you're looking at, you know, 50, 50, 50, 50, 81. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yes. Uh, then Paul Pierce, January of uh, 2015, the only 50 point game of his career it came in a loss against the Cavs. Um, he also fouled out during this game. Uh, Dirk Davitsky, um with uh, 51, nine rebounds, five assists, and an 81 true shooting percentage, a 16 of 24 from the field. So, pretty good game for him against the uh, against the Warriors. Um, and then, uh, and then Kobe with uh, with the the next three, uh, April of um, of 06 uh, against the uh, Suns in a loss. Uh, then the 10th of his uh, career uh, against the uh, Trailblazers in a win. And then um, the 35th in playoff history in uh, on May 4th, 06, against the Suns, coming in 52 minutes in, uh, in another loss. Uh, so, again, this was a, a point in which, um, you know, the Lakers, unfortunately, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not, trying to say that Kobe scoring off these points is the reason they're losing. The, the reason they're losing is because they don't have a lot of depth because, you know, I mean, they had Lamar Odom, uh, Andrew Bynum wasn't any, was still very young. Uh, they traded away um, Crom Butler for um, Kwame Brown, so that didn't work out well for them. So they just don't have a lot of weapons at this point. You know, Smush Parker's still there. So uh, not, not a really good team. So, yeah, I, I think Kobe was within his bounds to uh, try to score as many points and, you know, and, and they just didn't happen to win. You know all the games because you know that's just kind of what happened. So right. I'm not, I'm and not also to, they em- yeah. they employed Smush Parker a lot too, and that that's right. usually not a good way to win a lot no. of basketball games, unfortunately. So yes, uh, and then yeah, and then ending the uh, season, uh, Dirk, uh, the thirty sixth fifty in uh, playoff history. Uh, this came against uh, the uh, Suns. They're giving up a lot of fifties during this time. This was a win. Uh, the third uh, in his uh, career and the most recent 50-point game for the uh, Mavericks. So, yep. uh, third, third and final. We, we, when we right. started this, we put likely in our notes, but I uh, do not, unless he makes a, number, a random comeback right. uh, and then emerges as uh, somehow a dominant scorer again, even though he can't move, uh, then he might get one of 50 again. But this will, will, will definitely, most likely, 99.9% be the last final. Uh, the final 50 plus of uh, Dirk's career. I'd, li- I'd like Dirk to come back in like four years and just drop 50. You know there you I mean? go. Yeah. Like why he's back. Who knows? He's like 45 yeah. years old. Why not? Yeah. Just as a night, you know, just as a night where he's just feeling himself. So yeah, great. sure. Um, yeah. So, so Kobe in the 2006 season has seven. 
the 20 the 2007 season he is going to have 10 50 point games uh there are 18 total in the uh season uh which is the most uh in quite a long time in fact it is the most um since uh since 1972 which there were 19 uh total so um and um going through them uh we have um we had uh, beginning of the season Michael Red with fifty seven points. He is the uh, becomes the fourth Michael or Mike to score fifty plus <laughs> in their career. Um, and then uh, that's and certainly then, the most famous of the Mikes to, right. to score. Obviously, 50. Michael Red the most famous. It's clearly Mike. Michael yes. Red. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that, that's obviously clear. Um, so Kobe has two in uh, November of. Uh, in November and in December, including 53, 10, and 8. Uh, this is against the um, the Rockets, and they they did win both of these games. Um, yes, they did win both of these games. Uh, Gilbert Arenas also uh, blasts off in 2007. He has a 60-point game, uh, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, against the Lakers, in fact, uh, in a win. Uh, and then just five days later, 54-point effort um, against the Suns in another win. Uh, Rip Hamilton getting in on the fun uh, in right after Christmas in 2006 against the Knicks. In fact, I remember watching this game. I was in Michigan at the time watching it on, uh, you know, the local uh, the, the local sports channel, and it was quite a uh, it was a quite an enjoyable game against the. It was a the Knicks uh, beat the Pistons 151 to 145. Uh, this was a uh, double. No, I'm sorry, a triple overtime game, and um, yeah, Hamilton 51. Uh, uh, Stefan Marbury had 41. Jamal Crawford only only 29, but he had he had quite a wonderful, uh, exciting game. Uh, 11 assists, and uh, and this was a quite the random, enjoyable team, uh, enjoy, enjoyable game with one good team and one uh, pretty bad team. Yeah, and it also we should mention went to three overtimes too, which certainly helped yes, uh, the right. scoring output a little bit uh, there. But uh, yeah, pretty fun, fun game, and I do I do remember that one as well because especially in this time period, even in a triple overtime game, uh, this time period of the NBA, not quite known for like scoring explosions like this. Was so it was pretty fun to uh, to see everyone kind of just go out there and score some points now and now like you know one fifty one to one forty five is is just a Tuesday in today's NBA. So that's just you know just that's just Suns versus Kings on a normal Tuesday or whatever these days. But uh, no, of course I'm exaggerating, but uh, yeah. At that time, it was like, oh, my God, look at all these points. Like, just wasn't quite happening. Leaks changed a little bit at this time, but not quite to what it is uh, these days. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, yes. Yeah, so so uh, then Kobe's back uh, December, the end of December 06, uh, 58 points against the uh, Charlotte team, not the New Orleans team. Um, Ray Allen uh, in uh, in January of 07, he's with the Sonics at this point, uh, 54, 10, and 5 against the um, against the Jazz. I should mention the, the Kobe game was in a loss against the uh, Charlotte team, uh, interestingly enough there. Um, Gilbert Arenas was, was his, with his third of the season against the uh, Jazz. Uh, Jamal Crawford back on the board now with the Knicks, um, uh, 52 points, a 81 true shooting percentage uh, against the Heat in a win. Uh, Michael Red gets his second one of the season uh, against the Bulls. That was a loss. Uh, and then huge run by Kobe Bryant starting in um, March 16, 2007. 65 against the Blazers in a win. Uh, 50 against the Timberwolves, also a win. 60 against the Grizzlies in a win. And um, 50 against uh, the, uh, oh yeah, that's right, the the New Orleans um this is back. This is when the uh, Hornets were in New Orleans and Oklahoma City after uh, Katrina. So it's the yes. NOK listed here. So um, 
uh, for a brief moment, I was confused. But yes, the uh, the, the the Hornets there, um, and uh, fifty three on uh, March thirtieth uh, against the uh, Rockets in a loss, uh, and then uh, fifty and uh, nine rebounds against the uh, Clippers in a loss, and then uh, on uh, April fifteenth. Fifty against the Sonics in a win and had eighty-one true shooting percentage uh, there. Uh, so yes, that is a seven games in in uh, in a calendar in a month between um, April sixteenth and or excuse me, between March sixteenth and April fifteenth. Uh, seven performances there, so that's quite remarkable in many ways. Yeah, it's it's you know it's not wilt level, but it's it's we haven't seen this in a while where just one player kind of dominates this leaderboard and has so many. You know, particular games and also, you know, throwing two sixties in there too is nothing to scoff at uh, as well. And especially it being, you know, a perimeter based player in Kobe Bryant too is, I think, something that uh, definitely does, you know, is worth noting because a lot of the guys we've talked about in history that have had, you know, these just giant scoring binges or almost dominate an entire year in terms of 50 point games have been big men, have been, you know, guys that that had either one, you know, discernible skill or were were bigger than most other people or whatever. Whereas Kobe Bryant is is doing it by, you know, perimeter shooting and and doing it pretty well too, pretty efficiently, you know, for, for all the kind of jokes that we you know make it about Kobe Bryant. I mean, there's not a lot of like really terrible shooting games in here too. There's there's a few you know where he's just putting up forty yeah. shots or whatever, but uh, he's making a lot of those shots too. And the ones he's putting up forty in, he's he's scoring sixty. So it's not like you know he's just chucking out of nowhere and just uh, lucking his way into fifty point games. I mean, these are very good performances by Kobe. Absolutely, yeah. Only one notably uh, tough one was uh, the the Houston one where he was nineteen to forty four fifty uh, two true shooting. But outside of that, yeah, these, yeah. these are you know really good performances. You know, sh- shooting the ball as well as everything else. Um, yeah. So the most fifty plus by a uh, player in a season. To recap that, Will Chamberlain sixty two at forty six in sixty three at thirty. Kobe Bryant third on the board this season with ten. Uh, Cham- also tied with Chamberlain in the nineteen sixty four season. In 65, Chamberlain had nine. Uh, James Harden had nine in the 2019 season, which is completed. Uh, Chamberlain had eight in 1961. And then Jordan's most was 1987 with eight. So those are your um, those are your leaders in that category. Uh, the 2007 season, the first season with, um, with three 60-plus point games since 1990, and it has only happened six times, uh, 62, 63, which, of course, you know, two of the year two of the scoring binge years and then in more regular type seasons uh, 90 2007 and uh and 2019 so only happened five times in nba history yep, yep. and as you mentioned uh, alluded to the new players to the club michael red uh gilbert arenas rip hamilton and ray allen so uh moving on to 2008 um after the scoring binge, of course, of 2007, we kind of get back to a normal level. Only five this year. Uh, two of them by LeBron, two by Kobe, and it is the last 50 of Allen Iverson's career, which happens as a Denver Nugget. I might have yeah. forgotten about uh, Nuggets. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remembered that he was a Nugget, but I never thought that he would have you know, have, have had a 50-point game as a Nugget. I mean, certainly he would not have one as a uh, a Grizzly or a, a Piston, but uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised. I mean, he wasn't totally washed at this point, too, but yeah, I... I just for whatever reason, I would never have thought of of Iverson getting a fifty with uh, the Nuggets, but here it is. So good. Yeah, he, he had a, a you know good year and a half with them. Um, sure, but and then he fell off pretty quickly after to the Pistons. But uh, but yes, he uh, this happened in uh, December of 07. That wasn't long after the trade, I believe. I, be- I believe he was traded. Um, uh, just uh, just he was traded early on in the season. I mean, yeah, yeah, so, you know, yeah, definitely. So it was, it was it would been like a month after or so after he joined the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron had, again, is another instance, 51, 8, and 9 against uh, the Grizzlies. 
Uh, Kobe with 52, 11, and 4 against the Mavericks. Um, LeBron with 58 and 10. Kind of close. A couple of almost triple doubles. Of course, that had not happened since 1975 at this point. Um, And then uh, Kobe wrapping up the season with 53 and 10 rebounds um, against the. uh, He did it twice. Or the Grizzlies gave it up twice this year, but the Grizzlies actually won this game against the Lakers. Um, And this was actually after the Gasol trade, I believe. Uh, yeah, it would have been April, uh, or excuse me, I, I keep saying April for March for some reason, <laughs> March 28th, uh, 2008, that would have been after the Gasol trade. So, um, so interestingly enough, they lost to Memphis after the uh, Gasol trade, um, which I would not have expected. No, cause that was a bad team. <laughs> right. They lost their best player and right. got, uh, very little in return. Uh, yeah. eventually they got stuff in return, but right. at the time, not much in return. So it took a while. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, not much more to say about, uh, that season. Uh, 2009, uh, LeBron and Dwayne Wade both have three. In fact, it is the the only three 50-point games of Dwayne Wade's career, which is kind of interesting, um, to all happen in one season. And for them, for him to have his first, you know, relative, you know I mean, not, not midway through his career. He, at this point, he was 27, so he wasn't mm-hmm. old by any means, but he'd been in the league for a while. So uh, I guess a slight surprise. Um, so uh, also new to the club were Tony Parker, Brandon Roy, and Kevin Martin. And Wade, um, the 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 players who got all of their 50-plus point games in the same season are as follows. Uh, Isaiah Thomas in 2017, Kyrie Irving in 2015, Dwayne Wade in 2009, Michael Redd in 2007, Gilbert Arenas in 2007, Allen Houston in 2003. Uh, interestingly enough, all of Allen Houston's came after the age of 31. He had two in a month. Uh, Anton Jameson, as we mentioned, Tom Chambers in uh, 1990 also came after age 30. Kiki Vandeweghe in, in 84, Jeff Petrie in 73, Charlie Scott in 72, Dan Issel in 71, uh, Connie Hawkins in 69, although he had won in the American Basketball League in 1962, which we did not uh, include for this project, Oscar Robertson in 65, and George Yardley in 58. So, And then Wade and Arenas are the only uh, to have three in a season as opposed to the others only had two in a season. Right. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Irving could you – know, they're like – theoretically could still do so i guess isaiah thomas could too although he seems like he's past that point in his career though you never know yeah maybe but, but uh, i don't know yeah i don't know if anyone's gonna give him the, the opportunity but yeah the weight only having you know three and all of them happening in one year and that year being 2009 i it's just odd yeah i just thought that he would have had yeah. a few more there because he was such a a good scorer and, and a guy who especially when we talk about a lot of these guys that are able to pile up these 50 point games you know going to the free throw line is a, is a big part of that as well and Wade's a guy who oh I mean lived at the line in some years so it's kind of surprising uh, they didn't have a few more of those games especially since he he was you know dominant for a few years prior to this and would still be a pretty good player for you know another three four years until obviously LeBron comes into town and he has to kind of share some duties but I mean man like the next year the few years before that it's just shocking that yeah maybe didn't have a few more than that yeah, and this was a really standout year for him in terms of just, uh, you know, really carrying a weak team, kind of like, you know, um, Kobe had been doing with the Lakers, you know, um, into the playoffs and um, you're carrying them as far as he could. And this is, you know, obviously after Shaq had left and before LeBron gets there, so it's kind of this gap where, you know, he really is taking on, you know, an even larger burden than he had before, even though obviously he was a high usage player before this. But, but right. sort of interesting. Yeah, um, we have. Uh, Tony Barker gets the first of his uh, career against the Timberwolves, uh, 55, 7, and 10. 10, uh, 10 assists for um, their brand, Roy, um, with uh, uh, Jamal Crawford on the board again. Uh, now a Golden State Warrior against the uh, Charlotte franchise. Um, Kobe Bryant, the game that we uh, did a uh, podcast about, uh, 61 against the uh, against the Knicks. Um, 
and uh, LeBron has uh, has two in um, February of '09, including a 52-9 and 11, so just barely missing that triple double. Uh, this was against the Knicks as well. So the Knicks, yeah. They, I, oh, I I didn't realize this. The Knicks uh, gave up two uh, 50 plus point performances in uh, in back to back games or in in three days of each other. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you're, the next you're, you're, facing, you're facing Kobe and LeBron, so you know, you, yeah. To be fair, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not like yeah, yeah it, but it's still the next, so it's kind of fun to laugh at. So yeah, uh, Wade um, and uh, against uh, against Orlando, February twenty second, uh, LeBron in uh, on March thirteenth. Uh, then Wade follows the next day on uh, March fourteenth. Uh, Kevin Martin's comes against the uh, Warriors uh, when he's playing for the Kings. Uh, and then Wade, another one against the Knicks. The Knicks gave up three this season uh, to, uh, I, I guess, to the, the key guys this year, Kobe, uh, LeBron, <laughs> and, and Wade. So, you know, they were well presented. And then in the uh, playoffs, a, uh, a classic performance we talked a little bit about against in a classic series, uh, the uh, Celtics against the Ascendant Bulls. Uh, and, uh, and and Allen has 51 points in uh, in that game. So so, so quite, quite a performance there. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's a good stuff. Yeah. And then we, yeah, it's interesting because we're now we're getting into a period where there are relatively uh, few of, um, of of these for the next few seasons. There are three in the 2010 season. Um, all three are new players: uh, Brandon Jennings, uh, Carmelo Anthony, and um, Andre Miller. Uh, Jennings becomes the youngest player in NBA history to um, accomplish this feat. I think only in, like his fifth game. And we talked about that in a previous episode. Uh, Carmelo interested a little bit later in his career than I kind of would expect it for him to cross this threshold. He's still he's still playing with the Nuggets at this point. Um, and then Andre Miller uh, be, becomes the um, sets a record for the oldest to score fifty plus for the uh, first time in his career. Um, he was at this point he was uh, thirty three years three hundred seventeen days. Um, the other other players who have reached that mark after age thirty. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge did in 2019. Uh, Clifford Robinson, as we talked about before. Uh, John Havlicek did so in the playoffs. Um, at, uh, Sam Jones did it in 1966. Uh, Zemo Beatty in 72. Chet Walker also in 72. Uh, Gail Goodrich in 75. Alex English in 85. Alan Houston in 2003. Um, Ray Allen in 2007. Damon Stoudemire in 2005. Uh, Lou Williams did in 2018. Um, Charles Barkley uh, in 1994. Uh, Mike Newlin uh, after age 30, 1980. Uh, Dolph Shays in 59. Tom Chambers in 1990. Cliff Hagen in 62. And Derek Rose in 2019. So, um, and yes, and, and no one has gotten 50 plus in uh, after age 40, but there are a few who have gotten close. Yeah, pretty close. I mean, it's kind of tough to imagine any 40 year old getting, you know, 50, but it, it could happen. And then probably in this age of the NBA, you could see guys now that people, you know, the health is so important, nutrition is so important. Like, I could see someone like LeBron maybe uh, finding their way into a 50 point game when they were 40. But yeah, no one yet. A few people pretty close, though. We talked about Jordan. You know, you laugh at the Wizards years, but uh, three times he got pretty close. He got 43 points on uh, February 21st, 2003 versus the Nets. Uh, he had 39 points against the Knicks. Of course, Everyone's feasting on the Knicks here in this era. Uh, yeah. 3-9 at 2003 for him. Uh, and then 227 in 2003 versus the Rockets. 35 points uh, for Jordan there. And in fact, it was kind of interesting. Only uh, two players ever uh, have had 30-plus uh, at age 40. Jordan did it four times, the three we mentioned, and then one other time. Uh, and then Dirk Nowinski actually uh, did it uh, last year, uh, April 9th, 2019. 30 points right on the money there, uh, right over the threshold there. But, uh, yeah, not a lot of 40-year-olds uh, with giant scoring outputs. But uh, I'll be interested to see if that changes over the next few years. Yeah, well, now that Jamal Crawford broke after 39, you know, the it's we're getting close. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so, um, so 2011, uh, no new players in the club. Uh, we have LeBron and uh, Carmelo doing so. Uh, LeBron for the uh, for, for the first time for the Heat, 51, 11, and eight. I, I, I'm surprised at how many almost triple double C. Or I guess I'm not like surprised, but I. Uh, uh, it's interesting to see how many almost triple doubles he had uh, during this time. Uh, and then Carmelo with 50 and 11 for the Nuggets. This was the most recent 50 in uh, Nuggets uh, franchise history. So, uh, And then uh, moving on to 2012, we have three total and th- all three are new to the club. Uh, Kevin Durant with the first 50 in his career and the first in uh, Oklahoma City history. Of course, the Sonics had them before that. Um and uh, and Darren Williams uh, now playing for the Nets, fifty-seven points, six rebounds, seven assists. Um, and uh, and Kevin Love, the first in Timberwolves history, fifty-one um, points, fourteen rebounds, and he becomes the fourth Kevin with fifty-plus points uh, in his career. <laughs> uh, Durant being the third earlier this season, and also uh, McHale and Kevin Martin uh, doing so. So many of the Kevins were recent uh, Kevins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kevin must yeah. be, a, I guess, a relatively newer name, I suppose. I, I guess, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, then 2013, we also have three again. Uh, Durant gets on the board uh, again um, there. Uh, and then a uh, and then a name we'll be talking about quite a bit here, uh, Steph Curry uh, becomes the 140th player to cross uh, 50. Um, he has uh, 54 points, uh, six rebounds, uh, seven assists. Uh, 11 of 13 three-point shooting which is certainly going to help you there 86 true shooting um carmelo uh, with a 50-point game his first with the knicks uh 84 true shooting and then uh, durant uh still with the thunder uh 54 four and six with 80 percent true shooting so very efficient performances uh, during the uh 20 uh during the the i'm sorry the, the durant one is in the 2014 season but the others are in the 2013 mm-hmm. season durant's uh, 2013 not quite as efficient only 64 percent true shooting so. <laughs> yeah we got different times for sure it's it's the uh, the people are now aware of what shots are good and what shots are bad so yeah things right. are gonna get uh, a little less crazy but uh maybe the point the scoring won't be a little like cra- less crazy but uh yeah the days of Allen iverson and kobe well Maybe not. We'll get to the Kobe one in right, a bit, but right. for the most part, the days of Everson and Kobe just putting up, you know, fifty shots a game and, and, and getting their fifty is over. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, Kobe, maybe Kobe has one more thing to say, one last breath, maybe <laughs> to come. Maybe, maybe. yes. Uh, so uh, going back to twenty fourteen, we already talked about uh, Kevin Durant's big performance. Uh, Carmelo Anthony with the last of his career, sixty two points. Um, Against the uh, Charlotte franchise, Charlotte gets a, they they get a lot. Uh, on, on <laughs> they the do, yeah. They're yeah. well, they kind of stink. So it's it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. The last fifty of his career, uh, career high, uh, only had four in his career. I'm presumably not going to have another one. I, I'm, I'm guessing um, the uh, the most recent fifty for the uh, Knicks. Um, and 13 rebounds in this game. Uh, Terrence Ross, uh, of course, one of the un- unlikely ones for the uh, Raptors against the Clippers. <laughs> Uh, LeBron uh, with a 61 against the Charlotte franchise, uh, his career high so far. Also the most recent 54 of the Heat and also joins the 10-plus club. Uh, we'll get to the players with the most uh, toward the end of the show. And then uh, rounding it out, Kevin Durant has another performance, 51 and 12.7 rebounds. And then one of our most highly unlikely, Corey Brewer, 51 points and six steals as well <laughs> against the uh, against the Rockets. 
I love this one because it's like, I mean, we, we all, I mean, most people listen to this have, have seen a lot of Corey Brewer's career. And it's like, no, what really? Like, even on a good night, I can't imagine Corey Brewer getting 50. But, man, I remember seeing it. Like, remember the scroll happening where it's like, Corey Brewer, 50 points. I'm like, no, well, hold on a minute. What? And it was uh, it was a fun performance, though. It, it, it led to, there's been a few years of, like, the Timberwolves. We talked about that when we talked about the most unlikely 50-point scores. Uh, the Wolves have had a lot of these weird ones where uh, over the last handful of years where you're like, really? Like, that guy? Like, we'll, we'll talk. There's another one coming up here. Or, or, you know, the Derrick Rose one, uh, we'll talk about it here in a bit, too, where it's just like very unlikely guys getting 50 points at weird parts of their career, and, and Corey Brewer, no exception here. Hmm. So, um, 2015 season, we, uh, we, we have a lot of new guys to the club, uh, beginning with Mo Williams. Uh, See, with, another uh, weird Timberwolf. <laughs> yeah, with the Timberwolves, uh, January 2015. Uh, Clay Thompson gets his first with the, uh, with the Warriors. Um, and uh, 88 true shooting in that game. He shot 11-15 from three. Uh, Kyrie Irving with 55 against the uh, Trailblazers. 11 of 19 from three in that uh, game. Uh, the, the first of his career. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, the second of his career. 51 points against the uh, Maverick. 10 of 16 from uh, three points. Um, Irving with 57 against the San Antonio Spurs. Remember that game? That was a pretty fantastic performance. Of there. Yeah. Uh, was uh, 7 of 7 from 3, 10 of 10 from the line, 20 of 32 from the field uh, overall. Quite a exception, <clears throat> exceptional game there. And uh, James Harden with the first of his career for the Houston Rockets, 50 and uh, 10 rebounds. Um, uh, Harden then does it again uh, just a, a couple weeks later, April 1st of 2015 against the uh, Kings. Uh, 50 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 steals on 83 true shooting. And uh, a guy who doesn't care much about true shooting, we're going to find out. uh, Russell Westbrook with the first of his (laughs) uh, career. 54 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, a near triple-double against the uh, Pacers in a loss. Uh, 56 true shooting, um, which is uh, fine for an individual game, but it's fine there, but very low on the... uh, on what is usually on a 50 plus point game so yeah absolutely yeah but that's true shooting is only a suggestion for russell westbrook and there's right. no point to yeah so, that's fine yeah yeah no it's uh not a criticism just just pointing out no i wouldn't have it any other way I, I like the i like the way we get it so yes um and uh the 2016 season um we get steph curry is another one on the board uh this time against the uh, pelicans eight of 14 from three uh, James Harden with a uh, fifty-nine uh, and eight. So we're getting close to that triple double. We're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna get to the fifty-point uh, game triple double again. It hasn't happened since nineteen seventy-five at this point. Um, uh, Jimmy Butler gets the first of his career 53, 53 and ten and six. He's he is playing for the Bulls at this point against the uh, Sixers, not, his future team, of course. Uh, one of his probably many future teams. It looks like uh, in his career. <laughs> Uh, Kimber Walker with the first uh, in uh, his career, the first for the uh, well, at least f- first for the current Hornets franchise, and first for first for the team in Charlotte. Let's just say that um, first in Charlotte history, fifty-two nine and eight against the Jazz. Um, also foul, or excuse me, um, Demarcus Cousins next in January twenty sixteen, fifty-six points, twelve rebounds. Becomes the 150th player to cross the 50-point threshold. Also fouled out in this game. This was a loss against the uh, Charlotte team. So, so Charlotte, case giving them up, but at least they're winning a, a fair share of those. <laughs> Sometimes, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Steph Curry again, uh, 51 and 7, uh, 11 of 15 from three. Uh, you, you sit the theme with Steph's here. He, he gets hot from three, which, of course, you know, he's always pretty hot from three. Um, and uh, he, he crosses the threat, this, threshold, this threshold when he does so. And then uh, Damian Lillard gets there for the first time in his career for the uh, Trailblazers against the Warriors. Uh, in, in fact, the uh, Blazers win this game. This is, of course, this is the. Now we should say, of course, this is the 2016 Warriors that win 73 games that are incredibly dominant. Of course, you, you know, doesn't go well for them in the finals. But before then, they're absolutely just you know thrashing teams, doing awesome stuff. So um, you know the fact that Lillard had this game, seven assists, six steals, 82 true shooting, um, nine of 12 from three. You know, obviously, maybe extra impressive given the team that he's uh, playing in this game. Sure. Uh, two days later, Anthony Davis, uh, 59 and 20, uh, the most, uh, rebounds in a 50 plus point game since 2001, which Chris Webber did, uh, for the Pelicans. Um, I believe this is the first time for the actual Pelicans as opposed to the, the, the pre Pelicans. Yes, that'd be, uh, I think that'd be correct. Yes. Um, and, uh, then Seth Curry again, uh, with, uh, 51 points, 90 true, 92 true shooting in this game. He was 20 of 27 <coughs> in the field, uh, 10 of 15 from uh, three point, um, and uh, seven rebounds, eight assists in this game as well. Uh, and then Dame Lowe does it again, another 50 point game against the Raptors in a loss. And then we get to uh, what you alluded to before, um, Kobe Bryant. Oh, yes, this famous game. I remember watching this. This was uh, a few days before my wedding. And then you and I, we got married pretty close to each other uh, in this right. year, if I remember correctly as well. So I remember uh, this day. It was like an awesome. It was like the, one of the first days all my friends came because I got married, you know, out outside of Chicago, a kind of a destination wedding. Uh, and we rented this giant house or whatever. And I remember people, that was the first day everybody started to come. And we all kind of gathered around and we watched the Warriors when they're 73. And we we're like, that was awesome. Okay, let's go see what's going on in Kobe Bryant's last game. And it's like, oh my God, he's just shooting. Every time he's touching the ball, everybody wants him to shoot. The crowd's going nuts. It was like the perfect way to cap off Kobe Bryant's career. It was like, it, it was kind of ridiculous. Or not even kind of ridiculous. It was very ridiculous. It was just like, oh Jesus, what is he doing? And it's like the Jazz knew was coming and they couldn't stop it like it, it was just I, this is the perfect way to end Kobe's career but yeah he just goes off for an unbelievable all-time great performance by Kobe Bryant uh, in his final final game final breath of Kobe Bryant but uh, yeah of course gets the, uh, the 60 points uh, oldest score 60 uh, second oldest for 50 uh, 26 50 point game of his career of course the final game of his career he is uh, 22 of 50 from the field uh, just in uh, just insane performance 6 of 21 from 3 uh, but I mean is there any better way to cap off the career of Kobe Bryant than this yeah, probably, probably not. Yeah, and I, I believe he's actually the third oldest now for fifty since Jamal Crawford. Oh, of course, uh, and, uh, ah, that damn Jamal Crawford. Yeah, he gets us. Yeah, right. Hey, hey, let's not say anything bad about Jamal Crawford. Let's, uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, obviously incredible. Yeah, and I, I saw his third to last game uh, against the Pelicans uh, during my honeymoon uh, for my wedding. During that time, he did not have as good of a game there. Unfortunately, I was hoping to see a classic Kobe game, but it didn't quite work out. He, he took a lot of shots in that game. Don't get me wrong, but didn't make so many but hey you know incredible last performance obviously yeah sure um so also um notable that uh the uh the most 60 point games for an nba aba history regular and postseason uh will chamberlain had 32 of them including six over 70 points uh kobe bryant second on the list with six uh jordan had five baylor had four james harden has had three so far 
and then 25 other players have done it one time. So, uh, so Kobe with with this final game is second on the list by himself all time in 50 plus or excuse me, 60 plus point games. Uh, going to the 2017 season, uh, Anthony Davis uh, begins the uh, year uh, 50 points, uh, 15 rebounds, five assists, five steals, and four blocks, coming the closest that anyone has ever come to recording a 50.5 times five game, just one block away from that. So that, that's pretty incredible. No, definitely. Yeah, that, that's a, a great performance. But yeah, like you said, we're, we're still trying to kind of look for some of these kind of standout. Like now that 50-point games, and, and of course in the next few years you're going to see that the 50-point game, not as, you know, not as you know super interesting now, but now it's like, okay, who can also match a 50-point game with another like uh, collection of stats and weird numbers or whatnot? And this one's definitely, it's, it's close. It's right up there, but uh, they're coming. They're, they're coming in the next few years, I think, for sure. Yes, I should mention for the the previous Anthony Davis fifty twenty game in the twenty sixteen season that um, he um, joined a, a short list of players who have, who have accomplished that, including uh, Chamberlain, Baylor, uh, McAdoo, Elvin Hayes, Bob Pettit, uh, Moses Malone, George Mikan, uh, Shaq, uh, Dolph Shays, Chris Webber, George Yardley, as well as George McGinnis, Mel Daniels, Julius Serving, and Marvin Barnes in the. Um, uh, in the ABA, and only uh, Wilt, Mike, and Shaq, and Baylor have uh, 60 20 games in their career, and, and Davis only came one point away from doing so. So that's obviously uh, quite impressive. Um, going back to 2017, uh, finally, Russell Westbrook um, breaks the uh, the barrier. He becomes the first player since 75 with a 50 point triple double, 51 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, uh, 48% true shooting is the first true shooting uh, percentage below 50% in a 50-plus point game since 1967. I believe it was, it was Rick Barry, our old friend, who uh, did that. So uh, so very, very impressive despite, you know, obviously hey, the true shooting, not, 17 of 44 from the floor, not the best, but uh, still an incredible accomplishment. Um, uh, this uh, uh, this came in a win against the, uh, the Suns. So uh, finally broke through, and then we're going to get a bunch of these uh, going on over the next uh, season or so. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, yeah, true shooting be damned. Brett <laughs> yeah. Westbrook's going to get his get his numbers and get his points, but yeah, we finally now finally have those fifty point triple doubles, and uh, yeah, like you said, there's going to be a few coming up here a little bit, and and you know, there's they're happening a little bit more frequently than than they were for you know the other forty years in NBA history, but uh, it doesn't hey. uh, doesn't make them not cool. Still, I still enjoy a, a good old fifty point triple double. So absolutely, yes. Uh, Clay Thompson, uh, sixty points on uh, December fifth, uh, twenty sixteen, the fewest minutes played in a sixty plus a point game he played 29 minutes um john wall uh with uh 52 points becomes the fifth john to score 50 plus in a game joining john drew john williamson john havlicek and john brisker that is the most common name to um accomplish this not i guess a surprise john is a famous name uh the wizards lost this game to the magic however so uh demarcus cousins with a 55 and a 14 he's still playing with the kings at this point in his career um Isaiah Thomas uh, joins the uh, club with um, 52 points. Uh, he is, this is at this point playing for the Celtics. Uh, James Harden with 53, 16, and 17. Uh, this was December 31st of 2016. Um, this was one day after Isaiah Thomas's uh, big game. Uh, breaks the record for most assists in a 50-plus point uh, game uh, triple-double. This was I remember watching this game live, and this was a pretty incredible performance uh, against the Knicks. Absolutely, yeah. Good one. Uh, Jimmy Butler um, on January uh, 
second, 2017, still playing for the Bulls. Uh, James Harden, uh, again, uh, 51, th- 13, and 13, so another triple-double. Uh, also joins the 5-plus club for 50-point games. Uh, Russell Westbrook, not a triple-double, but 58 points in a game against the uh, Blazers. Uh, Devin Booker scores 70 against the <laughs> Boston Celtics. Uh he, this is the first 70-plus game since Kobe's 81 in 2006. Only the second, only the sixth player in history to have 70-plus in a game. And then he is the youngest by uh, three years to uh, David Thompson do so. He was only uh, 20 years old, 145 uh, days at this point. So um, it's pretty, pretty incredible there. Yeah, and it's also uh, <laughs> should be noted as well. They lost by ten in this game, yes, which you know we right. don't have the numbers there, but I can imagine that's uh, got to be one of the worst <laughs> you know losses in a in a in a game where somebody scores fifty plus, let alone one guy having seventy, <laughs> still losing by ten. Which right. uh, if not if, if nothing encapsulates the uh, the late two thousand ten uh, Phoenix Suns like Devin Booker right. scoring seventy in a ten point loss, nothing will so. Uh, yeah, uh, still a pretty incredible performance, but yeah, I, that one definitely, uh, th- there were, some purists were not happy. No, for, that's one, yeah, little, there were yeah. some soil diapers that day, for sure, on, on, sure. <laughs> and many uh, many uh, beat reporters and, and newsrooms and Twitter accounts were, were very unhappy about that. So. They're, they're very unhappy, yes. Uh, Westbrook with another uh, triple-double, 57, 13, and 11. Uh, Damian Lillard, 59 points, um, six rebounds, five assists in uh, April of 2017. Uh, Russell Westbrook again, uh, 50, 16, and 10, joining the uh, the 5-plus club. And then some playoff performances. Westbrook again, 51, 10, and 13, and a loss against the Rockets. This was the 38th in playoff history, and this was Westbrook's fourth 50-plus point triple-double in the season. Uh, he and Harden combined for six in that season, and previously before that, there had been only seven ever in NBA history. So, they combined nearly double that in just one uh, season. So pretty impressive. Um, and then um, to to end the uh, the season, Isaiah Thomas, 53 points uh, in a Boston win over the uh, Wizards. So whew, a lot in that season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not slowing down, unfortunately. <laughs> it's going to be a lot uh, these next two seasons, too. But, yeah, there's a lot in that year. And, uh, yeah, some fun uh, some fun names and whatnot. We're now getting into kind of the modern history. So there's a lot of things that I, I know everybody listening to this, uh, or for the most part of listening to this, uh, has watched or lived through or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 not going to slow down, unfortunately. Or or fortunately, it depends on your, your take right. on 50-point uh, games. I like them. Yeah. I am pro 50-point yeah. games. So. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fun. So. Uh, yes, uh, so 2018, LeBron James begins uh, joining Rick Barry as the only player with 50-plus in two separate stints with the team. Uh, Barry having done so with two separate stints with the Warriors, LeBron with the Cavs, uh, 57, 11, and 7. Um, James Harden, uh, 56 and 13 assists with a 92 true shooting percentage um, in November of 2017. Uh, Bradley Beal with the, the um, not the first of his career, but... Um, a 51, 3, and 2. That wasn't the first of his career. I think it might actually be the first of his career. I don't think I have that on the list here. But uh, but yes, I believe the first of his uh, career. Uh, James Harden uh, has has two in two within, I think, back-to-back games in uh, in uh, December of 2017, uh, 51 points in each. Uh, DeMar DeRozan with the first of his career for the Raptors, uh, 52, uh, 5, and 8. Uh, Lou Williams off the bench. I, I believe this <laughs> yeah, is yeah, the yeah. Oh, only the uh, the... 
the second time um, that has happened. Oh, no, I actually I take that back. I don't. I think Lou Williams actually started this game because I, I believe that there are only two off of the bench, and I don't think this is this is one of them. I, I think. Um, yeah, your Nick Anderson one for it's, sure. Yeah, it's Nick Anderson and then Crawford uh, recently. I, I uh, let, let's check the box score here, but. Uh, yes, Lou Williams started this game. So. Oh, okay. There you go. So we got a, yeah, so a rare start for Lou. So okay, all right. We can take it, strike him from the record, but strike from not the strike record, him from yes. that all the records. You know, just just that right. Record, so. well, 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 yeah, yeah. Still yeah. the, the uh, yeah, so, still impressive performance. Uh, James Harden, uh, 60, 10, and eleven with four steals. <laughs> That's a good steals. night. That's yes, a good night. Uh, sets the record for most points in triple double. This was against the Orlando Magic. Uh, CJ McCollum with the first 50 of his career, uh, Damian Lillard with another 50, uh, there. Uh, so, uh, the trailblazers have two within a couple weeks. Uh, Kevin Durant with the uh, Warriors, his first, I believe with the Warriors, uh, joining the five plus club, uh, Anthony Davis with another, uh, impressive stat line, 53 points, 18 rebounds, uh, three assists and five blocks, um, against the Suns. I don't know if it counts because it's against the Suns. Uh, and then LeBron James, uh, the 40th 50 in playoff history, uh, 6th in the NBA Finals, the 51-8-8. and eight. Uh, This is the J.R. Smith uh, game at, where at the end he uh, inexplicably um, uh, screwed up in the final in the, in the final moments. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the I, – I know I, I'm – of course, there's the famous um, – there's the the, the, the famous uh, photo of of LeBron with his arms out, just you know, incredulous at what Jr. is doing. I, I I'm blanking exactly in the particulars now at the moment. Was, was, was Jr. was it him not taking the shot, or would, did he take the shot too early? I'm yeah. So so exactly so exact, I forget exactly now what happened, but I think essentially it was like he didn't know what the score was. They he thought they were up. And right. I forget. And I think it was George Hill. George Hill. I'm yeah. trying to remember who. Yeah, I think it was George Hill missed the free throw. Jared Smith gets the rebound and just runs. And yeah. everyone's like, uh, the no, shot. it's that's tied. Right. And then they go yeah. to overtime. And, and then, of course, yeah, yeah that's right. Does, that, 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 this does not work yes. well. So, yeah, it's, you know, 4.7 seconds. He's the smartest guy in the room, gets the rebound, just runs away. Uh, and everyone's just like, oh, God. <laughs> and eventually passes it, I think, maybe in the last. But, yeah, it did a uh, little too, little too late. So thought he was up by one. They were not. They were tied. So not great. Yes. So, uh, 2019, um, Blake Griffin becomes the 160th player to cross, uh, 50. Um, uh, and then we get another performance, another back-to-back by, uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Uh, Clay Thompson, uh, he has 52 in only 27 minutes. It becomes the, the player with the fewest minutes played in, in a 50-plus point game and also a 60-plus point game. He, he has, he has both records in his career and he, um, was 14 of 24, which is the most three-pointers. Um, well, it really in any game. He, he broke that record. So, um, so yes, that is, uh, of course, very impressive. Uh, Derek Rose gets the first 50 of his career playing with Timberwolves. Uh, Kemba Walker gets a 60-point uh, game uh, for the Hornets. Uh, LeBron gets his first with the Lakers and joins, um, uh, well, the time joined uh, Will Chamberlain, Rick Barry, Moses Malone, Bernard King, and Jamal Crawford is the only players with 50 with uh, three teams. And at the time, joined Barry as the only players with 50 in four separate tenures with different teams. So he had it with the Cavs, the Heat, the Cavs again, and then the Lakers. So it was four separate since. Of course, Crawford later on did becomes the first with the four separate franchises, which we'll get to in a minute. Um James Harden with, uh, well, I guess technically triple-double because it was 54 points, uh, 13 assists, and 11 turnovers. Uh, 
uh, tying the record for most turnovers recorded in a 50-plus point game and the was the 10th 50-plus of his career. Absolutely, yeah. Some uh, a lot of a lot of big gaudy numbers coming up here, and and yeah, it's just the, the fifty point games are rolling in, man. Yes, uh, Durant gets on the board with a another performance. Uh, Harden with a true triple double um, against the Lakers. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge gets, gets on the board with his first of his career at age thirty three for the Spurs, and then Harden is a bunch in a row. Um, <laughs> April fourteenth, fifty seven points. April sixteenth, fifty eight points. Uh, <laughs> Uh, t- 10 rebounds in that game, 9 rebounds in the previous one. Um, on uh, January 23rd, uh, 61 points, 15 rebounds, uh, 4 assists, 5 steals. Uh, and then on um, and then a month later, um, on February 28th, uh, 58 points, uh, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, becomes the 6th uh, player in history with 15 or more 50-plus point games. Uh, we'll get to the totals in just a little bit. Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, also 51 points, becoming the 22nd player with five or more in his career. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, in his, which turns out to be his MVP season, uh, gets the first of his career 52 points, uh, 16 rebounds, um, seven assists. And um, Harden has uh, 57 and 61 in back-to-back games. Uh, Devin Booker... <laughs> 59 and 50 in back-to-back games. Yeah, this is all, this is all happening in March of, uh, basically a week uh, in March of 2019. You'll be stunned to know uh, both of them were losses, too, but that's all right. Hey. <laughs> oh, that's right. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Losses. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, there's there's a bunch in a row because Lillard, uh, Giannis, and Harden are all losses in a row. There are actually quite a few losses uh, in this season with 50-point games, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, Harden, um, 50, 11, and 10. His fifth career 50-point triple-double and uh, 18th of his uh, career all-time. Um, and then Jamal Crawford, April 9th, 2019, uh, becomes the oldest player ever at age 39 and 20 days with a 50-plus-point um, games. Uh, this is his first with four separate t- franchises. Did this so with the Suns. The second ever 50 off the bench. And also, this is uh, Dirk Nowitzki's final home game. And this was a loss against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh and he did have uh, five rebounds, five assists in this game. So he's, so he's putting up not just scoring; he's putting up you know numbers all over. Absolutely, so. and he's he's our hope now. I mean, Jamal is our hope now because he's going to turn forty in this next year. He is our hope for right. our first forty-year-old fifty-point game. We're, we're we're hoping for it, Jamal. We, we yeah. come on, man, you got to do it. For you. We know yeah. you can do it. We know you got it. It's just we get we. And, and hopefully, he's on a different team so he can do it with five different franchises. <laughs> oh, so. that too. Yeah, again, yeah. just another little thing that we need from you. But it, yes. it can't be too good of a team, though. It needs to be kind of a crappy team that allows because it's got to be a team that needs Jamal Crawford to score 50 in a game. So so I not the Suns somewhere else but but yeah that that's it. Just you know that's all we're asking. Yeah. Well, that's all we're asking. And then closing it out uh in the playoffs um Damian Lillard uh with uh one of the great games of uh, all, of all time 50 points uh seven rebounds, six assists and one of the great moments with hitting that that clutch shot against the uh against the Thunder in that series. And then, uh, and then Kevin Durant, uh, I think closing, helping close down the uh, the Clippers with uh, fifty points, uh, six rebounds, five assists, um, in, uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Of course, Durant's uh, postseason would become more infamous when he, uh, you know, of course, suffers the the terrible Achilles injury in the uh, in the finals and uh, is lost for probably for the entire season. But um, you know, had some great moments during that season as well, and and, and of course a, a pretty incredible performance in, in that game early on in the playoffs against the Clippers. So absolutely, yeah, it's a shame that Ooh, that's, that's kind of how it ends. But yeah, that's 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 it. So those are those are fifty point games, all of them. Yes. 
So, so notably, um, so now we're gonna go over every other one in history. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, so strap in. Yes. So, so notably, uh, there were twenty four um, fifty point games in the in the twenty nineteen season. The most since 1963, when there were 34. It's the third highest total ever behind, of course, only 62 and 63, where there were the huge scoring bursts. Um, and uh, the 2007 had 18, 1972 had 19, so this that really blew, blew by that. Uh, the last four seasons are the most 50-plus point games of any four-year stretch since 63 through 66. Uh, there were nine this season for James Harden, including back-to-back games in March. Um, and... Um, and, and, and yeah, that's pretty much the, that. That tells the tale right there. That there's some some pretty incredible numbers for the 2019 and for the last four seasons in general have been kind of a, a a huge scoring burst that's really been unseen for this extended amount of time at least since the um, since the 60s. And, and obviously it doesn't reach quite those levels, but outside of that, we're having some pretty unique territory in NBA history. Absolutely, and the big reason why we're doing the series is because in the midst of the year, I, I think we, we decided on doing the series pretty early on. I think in October when there was, what, five 50-point games even in October, we were like, okay, maybe this is something we need to uh, kind of look at a little bit. And then obviously uh, Harden in, in January, you know, putting up, you know, what, four uh, <laughs> of those. Uh, and, and just like at that point in the season, we had seen and, and noticed that, okay, this is really exploding. This is something we probably should talk about. So it, 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 it I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon, so we'll see how the next year goes. But uh, uh, it's 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 fascinating nonetheless, and there's going to be some some interesting wrinkles that come up in the next few years. But like you said, you know, you never know. I mean, there were years where it felt like, oh man, this is never going to end, and it just ends. And then there's just not a lot for a few years. So we'll see. Uh, likely, it's probably not going to tail off, but yeah, we'll see. We don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know if Harden's going to keep up quite the level that he's kept up, you know, recently. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, the 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 big bursts have. Been, have Obviously, Kobe drove it in, you know, 06, 07, um, and Harden has driven a lot of it in the last three years, although obviously Westbrook and other players have, it's not not just been Harden, but he's, you know, obviously um, had a lot of it. So, um, so yeah, that, that's definitely big. Uh, so, speaking of Harden, he is now tied for um, sixth all-time on the most 50-plus point games list. Uh, Chamberlain is first with 122, Jordan has 39, Bryant has 26, Barry has 22, um, Iverson is 14. LeBron has 13. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has uh, has 10. So that is the um, the list. Of other notable ones: uh, Kevin Durant has seven. Steph Curry has six. Westbrook has six, and Damian Lillard has six. So of the active players who have a chance to move the leading leaderboard, mm-hmm. those are the guys who might have a chance to get double digits at some point. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's uh, catching 122, but uh, yeah, you know, got a little yeah. bit of work to do uh, for some of these guys. But uh, yeah, still, you know, moving off the leaderboard, we might it might be like you know Cy Young in baseball where you just kind of sometimes strike some of his records out because it's so ridiculous. You might have to just kind of like put an X through Chamberlain and just be like, all right, look, no one's catching Chamberlain, but 39 and Jordan, he's number two. Uh, there's a real possibility some of these guys could maybe compete for that 39, but uh, yeah, 122, I don't think that's happening. So. No, probably not. Yeah, so. Yes, and you put up some. You compiled a few other interesting numbers. Yeah, so some fun. You know, we've been looking at franchises a little bit, so I wanted to just touch on that a little bit. Fifty by franchises as of this season. Uh, the Warriors, uh, of course, one forty-eight, uh, largely helped by, of course, Will Chamberlain. But uh, yeah, they've they've done some of their. You know, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry have kind of added those numbers too. So we need to give them some credit. Uh, number two, the Lakers at sixty-three, the Bulls at forty-two, uh, the National Sixers at thirty, the Rockets at twenty-six, the Hawks at twenty-one, uh, Jazz and Knicks at sixteen, Sonics. Thunder at 15, uh, rounding out 
kind of our tops top there. I think what's interesting too is we look at kind of the bottom of the numbers too. Uh, the Grizzlies still zero. Poor, poor Grizzlies. But uh, there's some other ones too that are just uh, you know kind of surprisingly low. Uh, the Mavericks only at five. Uh, you think they maybe have had a few more than that. Uh, the Timberwolves only at five as well. Uh, the shared Pelicans franchise at four. The Raptors at four. Uh, the Cougars slash Spirits only at three. I don't think they're going to add to that anytime soon. Uh, the Hornets only at two. Uh, the Stars at two. Uh, the Conquistadors at one. The Pros at one. Again, these are, uh, uh, you know, ABA franchises, so that's it. But uh, unfortunately, Memphis, yeah, between the Pros and the, <laughs> and the Grizzlies, not a lot of not a lot of 50-point games going scored uh, for the Memphis uh, franchises, unfortunately. But uh, do some other no- uh, more fun with numbers, too. So these are the months, the months with the most 50-plus uh, games. Uh, January has the most at 116. February, 102. March 102, December 97, November 73, April 60, October 21, May 12, June 2nd, uh, June 2 there. Uh, any numbers there surprise you or January and February uh, and, and March as the tops kind of seems like it would make the most sense. January at, at 116, though, not even really kind of close uh, for February and March. Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe a slightly... I mean, December is so much lower. Um, I guess there are maybe fewer games a little bit because of the holidays, but... Um um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, the other months kind of make sense because the NBA calendar shifted somewhat over the years. So some of those months didn't have as many games as they do now. But um, yeah, that is a, that, that's that is pretty interesting. All right. So now the dates, the dates with the most 50 plus point games. I know you guys are all pining for this. The 18th. That's a day when people have scored 29, the most ever uh, 50 plus point games. Uh, the 16th has 27. The 14th has 26. The 23rd has 25. Uh, the 20th has 23. Uh, we'll go to the bottom of the list. So I think this is pretty interesting. Um, of course, 30, 31, you know, is only going to have 10. And that, that makes sense. You know, not every month has 31 days. So uh, it makes sense. But the 24th, only 13 for the 24th. I don't know what it is about the 24th, yeah. but uh, yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be that low, right? Like, that's just a normal day. I mean, 20, the 24th of every month happens every single month. And only 13 there. The 8th, only 14 as well. So the 30th is also at 14. But 30th and 31, I, I, that, those make sense. But the 8th and the 24th, uh, 14 and 13, respectively. I found out pretty yeah. interesting. But so now we're going to get real wild here. Days of the week. The most uh, likely 50-point games being scored in the days of the week probably relates to when it's more likely that an NBA game is going to happen. But hey, whatever. We're going to have some fun with it anyway. Friday, 115 uh, 50-point games on a Friday. Uh, Saturday is second with 104. Uh, Wednesday uh, at 97. Sunday at 86. Tuesday at 84. Thursday at 61. And Mondays. Oh, a case of the Mondays for everybody. Uh, All right. 37. Only on Mondays, so not everybody, many on Mondays. But, you yeah, know, I don't, I'm not motivated um, on Mondays either, so I get it. I'm no, the, yeah, all the NBA's at Garfield on Monday. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. So okay, so I told you Friday was the most likely day for a 50 point game. I told you January was the most likely month or, or the month that had the most 50 point games, and I told you the 18th had the most 50 point games. So our most prominent day, month, and date is Friday, January 18th. So I know what you're asking, Jason. How many 50-point games happened on a Friday, January 18th? And I can tell you, just one happened. Kevin Durant scored 52 points on Friday, January 18th in 2013. So we have officially found the most perfect 50-point game of all time is Kevin Durant's 52 on Friday, January 18th, 2013. So. Well, that, that is amazing research. Uh, <laughs> I was bored. I was very, very bored. <laughs> all right. Well, that, that's good. You know, that's... Uh, <laughs> That's a date that will live in uh, NBA infamy. You know, should, yeah, hang, a banner, uh, hang, hang a banner for that one. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Thunder <laughs> be doing that, but they should. They absolutely they, should. Yeah, they, yeah, they should. Retroactively now. They, they should, right. So. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 
All right. Um, this has been a fun series. Thanks for uh, uh, thanks for going through it with me and through for uh, all the great stuff you did to uh, dig through this and uh, find some stuff out. Hopefully, our listeners have um, enjoyed what they've been hearing. And if you if you have, you should definitely uh, uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher where you listen to our um, our podcast. And um, of course, share it with other people. Let them know what we're doing. Um, word of mouth is always good. Um, if you want to give us any feedback, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Over and Back NBA. And, um, and yeah, uh, you know, we uh, appreciate any uh, feedback you can give us. So uh, thanks again for listening, and we're back again soon. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.